Chapter 13 I was buried in rock. I gasped, desperate for air. But then I realized I was having no trouble breathing. The space between grains of dirt was plenty large enough for me to get air. But how was I going to dig my way out? Some of the rocks pinning me down felt as large as I was. I say felt because I couldn't see anything. I pushed against one large rock that was pressed right into my stomach. I didn't expect it to move, but it did. I warmed my legs up so I could get my feet positioned against the rock. Then I pushed with all my might. The rock moved. In fact, it didn't just move. I felt it pushing other rocks aside. Now there was a little open space. I could even see a minuscule triangle of light. I pushed against other rocks, and gradually, the opening widened. Suddenly, a face filled the opening. Oh, there you are, Marco said. He began to dig me out. I stuck my head up out of the dirt, and, like they were nothing, I saw him lifting grains of dirt that should have weighed more than he did. I clambered out and bent down to lift one of the rocks myself. To my shock, I could do it. This is amazing, I said, holding a boulder the size of a beach ball over my head. I know, Marco agreed with a laugh. It's because we're small. You know, like how ants can lift things bigger than they are, or how fleas can jump a hundred times their own height. I guess we have that same thing going on. Tobias swooped down from high in the air, probably three or four inches. I have it too. I can fly higher, relatively than before, and I bet I can almost carry one of you. This doesn't make sense, does it? I asked. Marco shrugged. I don't know. Later, we can ask Axe. Actually, it does make sense, because the bigger you get, your muscles and stuff have to increase geometrically. It's like birds. Little birds can beat their wings a hundred times a minute. A bigger bird can't. That's speed. Not strength, I pointed out. But maybe it's true anyway. I mean, look at how tiny gymnasts have to be. Rachel's always saying she can't do well on uneven bars because she's so tall. That has to do with rotation, doesn't it? Is that the same thing as strength? And, excuse me, but why are we sitting around having a science class when we're the size of dust? Marco asked. What should we do? I asked him. We were sitting in what was probably a quarter-inch depression, like a shallow bowl. We couldn't see much but dirt boulders and the big cage bar above us. Well, I don't know. All I know is, we're small. We are very, very small. He brightened. But we're strong. We could play catch with some dirt boulders. We should probably stay put till Jake can come back to get us. I'm worried my folks will wonder where I am, I said. Jake will take care of that. Somehow. 
and we haven't exactly been gone long. I sighed. I looked at Marco and sighed some more. It was weird. He looked like regular old Marco. Regular old Marco, lounging around on boulders with a monstrous, sky-blocking, horizontal steel bar over his head. My father was walking by. He seemed to be heading out of the barn. I'm hungry, Marco said. Me too. And what's my prey now? What's small enough for me to eat? A flu germ? And that's when they appeared over the edge of the shallow depression. A dozen of them. Their heads were all we saw at first. They were perfectly flat on top, quite wide. From that flat top, their faces came down in a sort of squashed, inverted pyramid to a hooked, barbed chin. I sat atop the flat heads, like big green marbles that looked like they could roll off at any moment. Their mouthparts looked insect-like, with gnashing, sideways teeth. As they climbed all the way into view, I could see that they were dressed in silvery, one-piece suits, covering bodies that were almost human, if you overlook the extra set of legs. The suits had turquoise collars. Well, you could eat them, Marco suggested to Tobias. We are the mighty Helmacrons of the Planet Crusher, the deadliest ship in the glorious Helmacron fleet, one of the group announced. Surrender to us now and live as our degraded beasts of burden, or resist us and be utterly annihilated. They were about the same size we were, maybe a sixteenth of an inch. And my first inclination was to burst out laughing. These characters actually thought they were going to conquer the world. But then they raised their handheld ray guns at us, and I realized something. Their dracon beams, or whatever they were, hadn't hurt me much when I was the size of Mount Everest. But now I was a bug. The Helmercons began to advance on us. Fight or run away, Marco muttered. He was looking at me. I turned to Tobias. Tobias looked at Marco. Boy, you miss Jake when he's not around to make the life and death decisions, Marco said ruefully. Fortunately, we were spared a decision, because now a new group of Helmercrons, this time with magenta uniform collars, came racing up from behind us. These are the rightful prisoners of the Galaxy Blaster! Stand back, you cowards, and let true Helmogron heroes gather up their just booty! We're just booty? Marco said with a nervous giggle. The standoff was complete. Two groups of Helmogrons, each with weapons pointed at us, but glaring at each other with their green marble eyes. Then the cavalry arrived. Chapter 14 They were gigantic. They were brown Godzillas. They were... cockroaches. Their antennae were hundred-foot-long bullwhips. Their legs were jointed telephone poles. They were vast, overpowering, terrifying machines made of five-inch-thick armor. They towered over us, two humongous, clanking cockroaches. I mean... You think you know how gross cockroaches are, but you know nothing till you've seen a cockroach 
literally the size of a Walmart. Next time you go to a Walmart or Kmart or Target or a big grocery store, stand out in front and look at it and think cockroach. They were very, very big. And they didn't smell good either. Hi, it's us, Jake said. You just scared the pee out of us, Tobias answered. Can you guys see us down here? No, our eyes aren't very good, as you know. But Axe can see you. He led us to you. Axe? Tobias asked. Axe? Marco and I said, looking at each other. Then slowly, very slowly, we turned. Axe, a wolf spider. Ah! It didn't matter that we knew it was Axe. My brain wasn't working. My legs turned to jelly. I sat down very hard, very fast. You cannot begin to conceive how terrifying that sight was. Twice as tall as the roaches, with eight legs, each the size of the St. Louis Arch, gnashing, wickedly sharp mouthparts that looked like the gates of hell, a swollen, stinking, bloated, hairy body. But none of that was what made Marco and Tobias and me shake with uncontrollable fear. It was the eyes. Eight of them. Some were glittering, multifaceted, compound eyes. Others were blank, dead, black, simple eyes. The smallest ones looked bigger than we were. And that face, that evil, staring face. I could feel that image being laser-printed directly onto my brain. I would never forget it. If I lived a hundred years, I would be seeing that face. Hello, Axe said. Did I make an error when I said I was Canadese? Axe? I hope you have control over that morph, I said. I tried to look away and figure out how the Helmogrons were reacting, but there was just no looking away from those eight big eyeballs. However, the Helmogrons were reacting. Do you think you terrify us with your pitiful morphs? We are Helmogron warriors! They were yelling this as they hustled away at top speed. Ox? Make sure they keep running, Jake said calmly. Axe turned, a movement that made me yelp in fear. But at least those eyes were aimed somewhere else. Yuh-uh-uh-uh-uck, Marco shuddered. Man, I did not need to see that. That's worth about 30 nights of waking up screaming in a cold sweat. Axe took off after the Helmicrons, jerky but swift and as evil-looking a creation as I ever hoped to see. His lower half was obscured by the lumpy dirt around us when... Axe <laughs> ah! cried. I forgot my fear and ran up the slope to see over the lip of the depression. There, hovering just a quarter inch above the dirt, was one of the Hamilcron ships. Axe twisted in apparent agony his mile-high legs flailing madly in pure reflex. He turned toward us, and then I saw the smoking, sizzling, burned meat-smelling eye that had been incinerated by the Helmicron ship. They fired again, point-blank range, 
and all four of the legs on the left side of Axe's spider body were cut in two. He fell from the sky like some slow-motion asteroid. The severed legs toppled slowly over, like impossibly tall trees. Demorph! Jake shouted. Axe! Demorph! We had made a deadly mistake. It was all a question of size. The Helmocrons were laughable when we were big, but down here, at this scale, they were as dangerous as Yerks. Chapter 15 Nip, nip, nip! A triumphant cry went up from the Helmocrons. A spoken cry, as opposed to their usual thought speak. Poomph! Axe hit the ground. Axe, demorph! Jake yelled. I may crush Cassie, Marco, and Tobias, as I do, Prince Jake, Axe said. He sounded pretty calm under the circumstances. As well he knew, if you die in Morph, you die, period. Cassie, Marco, over here, Jake yelled. We'll carry you out of the- The second Helmocron ship had fired from behind. Jake's cockroach antennae were severed. It was like someone cutting a power line. The falling antennae whipped around like cables. Tobias was in the air. He might survive Axe's demorphing, but there was no way Marco and I would. And if Axe didn't demorph, the next blast from the Helmocrons might finish him. Marco, we have to surrender, I yelled, grabbing his arm. What? We can escape later. Axe has to demorph. Jake and Rachel too. The Helmocrons will stop firing long enough to take us. He looked furious, but he knew I was right. He shook off my arm and began waving at the closest Helmocrons. Oh, mighty Helmocrons, make us your slaves. We fear your might. They hesitated, probably sensing a trap. But they could see that Axe was helpless, that Jake was injured. Four little monsters came racing out to grab us. Up close, they gave an even more bizarre impression of being half-human, half-insect. We knew that in reality they were minuscule, but to us, they seemed big enough. They kept their weapons leveled at us as they quickly marched us toward their ship. The ship settled down all the way to the ground. It was very big at this scale. It may have seemed like a toy to us before, but now it was immense, bigger than a Yurk pool ship. There would be room for hundreds, if not thousands, of Helmocrons on board. Up, up, up! One of the Helmocrons shouted, shoving me up the ramp that had lowered from the ship. I ran as well as I could, with Helmocron shoving me, yanking me, pushing me. The ramp began to move while we were still on it. I looked around and realized that Marco and I were rising up into a vast, open hangar area. To the left and right, what looked like smaller fighter ships were hanging from racks, perhaps a dozen of them on each side. Aha! You see our might and tremble! I see your might. Where's your tremble? Marco said. The Helmercon stared with their wobbly marble eyes. Oh no. We're prisoners of creatures with no sense of humor, Marco said. You are now slaves aboard the glorious Helmocron ship Planet Crusher. We will take you to our captain. You will crawl.
two of the creepy little aliens shoved me down onto my knees. It didn't hurt at all, even though I felt like it should. But then, I was about the size of a large flea. I didn't exactly fall very far. And it was weirdly easy to crawl. It was what I was starting to think of as the insect effect. When you're tiny, it's easier to be strong. I was able to scoot along on my knees quite easily. It was a good thing, because we crawled a long way. The ship felt like it was a mile long. Down brightly lit corridors and up ramps, and across narrow bridges that spanned huge mechanical facilities of some sort, we crawled. It was a noisy ship, clanging and pounding and groaning. It was intensely bright as well, far brighter than any human would find comfortable. Finally, we seemed to have arrived. We entered a room with a dome ceiling and a shallow bowl floor. In the center of the room stood a single homocron. Beams of light illuminated him like a movie star on Oscar night. He looked like any of the Helmicrons, except for the fact that he was wearing a flowing gold cape. And there was one other difference. He's dead, I said. He's about as dead as you can be, Marco agreed. The Helmicron captain did not move, did not breathe. His eyes did not look at us. He was covered with what looked a lot like bread mold and cobwebs. What was worse, it was fairly obvious how he died. His arms and four legs were shackled, bolted to the deck. Three long steel swords were sticking through his body. It all looked very ceremonial. And it looked... Insane, Marco muttered. These guys are nuts. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for listening. I do not have too much to say back here. I don't got any new messages or anything, so let's just get through our standard end-of-show notes. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can do that in a variety of ways. Those ways being, of course, Gmail, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com, Tumblr, that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, and my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter. That's at Audiomorphs, and that's where you should check if I'm ever running late on uploading an episode. I will let you know what's going on there. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating and review, I sure would appreciate that. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten one of those in a while. That'd be exciting. I'm just saying. I'm dropping hints. <laughs> but no, seriously, no pressure. Uh... Let me see. What else? What else? Uh, that's it, right? Tell a friend. Uh, check out my website. I mentioned it earlier. It's got stuff on it. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight 